It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show where everybody's out of pocket today. Everybody's out of pocket. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't bring that up on air. Uh-uh. Will, it will no, never I won't. Do- I will never get a show on I won't. (laughs) Earl's out of pocket. G's out of pocket. Jay's out of pocket. Now, typically when one person says four people are out of pocket, usually there's only one person out of pocket. Mike Uh and I are in pocket. (laughs) (laughs) And I know y'all want me to say that, but like, come on, man. All right. uh, Let's get it going. Busy, busy, busy day. We still don't know what's going to happen Sunday. We're going to talk about some of the injuries that we know the Browns have and what they do moving forward from there. We've got the beat writer from the 49ers, Brian Peacock, joining us at about 11.35. He's going to tell us what he knows about this team that most folks right now have as the top team in the NFL. I said most, not all. Um, What part of their offense scares you most? Because they are a dual threat. They can play a smash-mouth run game, or they can... Really mix it up with the passing game. We're going to dive into that. No fence riders today. Always fun. And Aditi will join us in the uh, in the last hour of the program. In the meantime, our first hello of the day to Mikey McNuggets. How are you, Mike? I am doing well. Thank you, guys. We have a busy, busy show, so we're going to hop right in. We're going to talk David and Joku one sec. Before we do that, if you want live text message updates from the Browns 49ers game, from the press box, from Jason Lloyd, three froms in one sentence, you have become a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And on our Members only community tab, you could find the special code to text into our Haymarket number to get signed up for that exclusive Jason Lloyd text list coming up. So make sure you guys check that out. There you go. Uh, before we dive into our topics today, we all saw something yesterday on Instagram. You probably saw it too if, you, if you're on that platform and you follow most of the Browns players. David Njoku, who we knew had suffered facial burns, uh, burns on his arms uh, from a reported fire pit accident posted his first picture of what is actually going on there. And uh, that is post face scrape, by the way. That is right. That is. This is the immediate aftermath. Yeah. Wow. Is all we can say. Yeah. Very scary. Wow. And now you can understand. And by the way, he played probably his best game of the year to be sure. Man. on, On the, with these burns in the loss to the Ravens, but oh my goodness. Can you, can you imagine like the sweat like coming down? Oh, trying to just getting just into those wounds and just trying and putting a helmet on like and just being like, hey, man, I can listen, man, there, there's, you know, sometimes when you talk about athletes, man, and I know they get paid a lot of money, but 
Man, that just goes to show you, like, people people do a lot of things for the game. If anybody was able to sit out and you would have gave him a pass was David Njoku. I mean, he this is his face he got tried to burn off. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's crazy that, like, he even went and played, man. It well, just, when he showed up man. with that mask, that was terrifying in and of yeah. itself, yeah. Just, just not knowing what was underneath it. Yeah, like, But you're right, G. What 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 a sacrifice! Yeah, like it's crazy. Wow. Like he could have he could have posted up and sat out that game. It just goes to show you, like there there is a passion for players that go out there and play the game. And there's a lot of players, and you know, you even talk to Tyvis, and Tyvis is like, man, I give anything to get one more playoff. You know what I'm saying? It just goes to show you the links that people go through to play a game that they love. And yes, they get a lot of money, but. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of sacrifices that people go through to do it. So no I commend him. Yeah, and we certainly hope that uh, he continues to heal. The, the follow-up picture is really incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because after the procedure, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of scarring, I would think. Burns almost always scar. But, I mean, look at him now. I mean, David Njoku, no, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying he, he, he's a nice-looking fellow. You know what I'm saying? I was like, if I was that nice looking with all the six packs and abs, I'd be like, if I burn myself, I'm like, oh no, doctor, doctor, don't you tell me I'm gonna go back to where I'm looking at. Don't don't have me looking. You know crazy. what I love though? <laughs> when he showed up to the stadium on Sunday, he said, I might as well show off those abs because yeah, I'm yeah, oh, my yeah, face. yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. So he had that fur coat open. <laughs> right, like he had the fur coat with the abs going. I'm like, would I trade what's under the mask for myself for the abs? I think I almost might. I would. That's if, a good question. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you if you want to take his abs and give it to me and I'll get some burns, as long as um I ain't really too crazy. <laughs> like, he looked um, like a he looked like a killer in like a, in a horror movie. He did, you know, with, with that the mask, mask and the chest and the. And you can't run away from him. No, no, you no, because he's gonna run him. you down. <laughs> oh, that's scary. <laughs> Can you imagine him in a full sprint running you down in the woods? Beside no, with a, with a with a hacksaw or something. No, if he's running beside your car going thirty five. And he's just running beside you. <laughs> That's a terrifying image. Like, like, like running beside you with the mouth. And he goes to open it. Oh, I freak out. Ah! I, I mean, in all seriousness, <laughs> we kid about that. Yeah. But in all seriousness, David, we are all pulling for you, man. And yeah. what you had to go through to play a football game last Sunday, looking the way you looked and probably feeling the way you did just two days after the accident happened. Um, kudos to you, brother. Uh, keep being... Uh, being the warrior that you are, and, and we hope you have a great recovery, Mike. And one more thing on Njoku before we move on here. Okay. Him playing that Sunday mm-hmm. was straight-up pain tolerance. You aren't kidding. That was, can you put a helmet on, or are you in too much oh. excruciating pain to play? It wasn't like he couldn't move his arms or his legs or he had a strain in his hamstring. This was straight pain tolerance. And I imagine once he put it on, he never took it off. I'm going to guess that is accurate. He wore a face yeah. mask underneath the helmet, so he, there was a barrier between helmet and face. Right. I think you know, he didn't practice Wednesday. I'm pretty sure, I have this I'm pretty good authority, that he just doesn't want to put a helmet on until game day. Well, and he's I, willing to endure the pain yeah. Yeah. on Sunday and just for right now. Oh, but despite goodness. him looking like that two weeks ago, this dude's an absolute freaking warrior, as tough as it comes, to play on Sunday, to then go through the facial scraping, which does not sound fun in any capacity. He obviously looks much better afterwards, but this dude's a freaking warrior, and if they have a game on Sunday, I fully expect David and Joku to be out there we, for the Cleveland Browns. Guys, we all at times, myself certainly included, talk about players as if they're fungible assets, right? Not human yeah, beings. Right. And this puts this this is one of a number of examples that we all eventually ignore 
um, of, you know, he ha- these guys have a – sometimes I feel like people are annoyed that guys have a life outside of football. Right. And in this case, like, everybody – whenever a player doesn't play well, we, we often bring up their money. And we don't do that in any other walk of life besides sports, right? Yeah. We don't do that – with enter- the entertainment industry. We don't do it with politicians, really. We don't do it with all these CEOs making millions and millions well, of dollars across the country. Auto workers now are doing it with their CEOs. They should. They absolutely. And all those auto but, workers should get paid. And I'm just pointing that yeah. I'm pointing out that, That's right. that it's not just Good athletes. for those. I'm with all the auto workers. Good for them. I stand with their union, 100%. And, and yet we always do that with athletes. And... It's unfair. Now, they're in the public eye, so it's part of the conversation. I get it. But, like, it it, kind of, spinning this to Watson a little bit, listen, there's a million things to be critical of Deshaun Watson for. Sure. A million. But I've seen a number of people in the media now say, like, he's soft for not playing. Yeah, that's BS. And that's that's completely outrageous. Not fair. You don't know what someone's going through. And you don't know what the pain is. Yeah, to say, well, he's, oh, he got paid, so he doesn't want to play. I'm not saying there's no guys in the NFL or baseball or the NBA that don't get paid and then coast. I'm sure there are. But I believe that the majority of players didn't get to where they are to coast and not want to play. And by being soft. Right, by being soft. And by the way, we know the narrative on him. He played through through major injuries in college. Yeah. And... The narrative of when he, when he came out of Clemson was, this guy's a warrior. Right. Well, the argument that I, I, people are making now is, well, those that was before he got paid, so of course he did it then. No. I just think that's weak. Yeah, like, we don't we killed, know. We, we all killed know. Baker for playing with, with an injury. Yeah. Now we're going to kill Deshaun for doing the, making the right choice. I mean, like, what do you want? It just goes to show, Bull, that sometimes um, the, the minority is vocal. And they drowned out everybody. Like we tend to, when we look at social media and we see five tweets that called Deshaun Watson soft, all of yeah. a sudden, everybody's killing him. No, not everybody, just a couple of morons with a Twitter handle. That's it. That, that's all. I've seen at least three uh, media members locally. I'm not going to say who they are. Well, well that's, 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 one of them was one of them Hanford Dixon? Yes. Okay. Now, in Hanford's case, of everybody, I, I, was, I was most disappointed with him. Right. Yeah, so you're saying that, you know, I think he, he made an analogy. You'd have to cut off my leg or something. I don't know yeah, what he yeah, said, right. but, I, you know, I'm, you're not, nothing's going to keep me off the field. That's all well and good. You can say that all you want, but I'm sure Hanford Dixon misplays because of injury. I mean, I don't have his career logs in front of me, but in all likelihood, I'm guessing he missed a game or two. Well, why didn't he play? And so I'm sure he didn't want anyone questioning his toughness when an injury forced him to sit out. And I'm sure Deshaun doesn't want that or need that anyway. And in, Skip Bayless always used to say, I wish there was a machine that we could hook up to a player and we could feel their level of pain. They die. You die. In most cases, it Regular, would bring them to tears. They would be, it would bring you to your... Listen, there are people that miss regular work with hangnails. Yeah. There are people risk wreck. And you know what? And they might be some of the same people that are tweeting Deshaun is soft. <laughs> and if you got the PTO, by all means, take it. At the end of the day, I so, like I, I just look at it. And, and the, the dark side of this is we, we've got this hyper-masculine thing where back in the day, we, we, 
We used to do two a days and, and they give you people salt tablets and, and they withhold water during 90 degree temperatures because you were dogging it. And then people started dying and people start having adverse health effects. And then we we're like, hold on. Maybe that's not really what we should be doing. Now yeah. you you see some of the things that you've changed dramatically. Now. Changed dramatically, and and I'll, I'll say to a lot of people out there, y'all don't understand. Like when after you're old and you're in your forties and fifties, nobody gives a crap about how much you played and whether you play injured or not. Do you think any college coaches say, "Oh wow, Garrett Bush, man, I, he doesn't move his arms that well, or or he can't feel his left." arm and or or you know his neck is or his back they don't care about that they're like at this point they don't even know you played that's how quickly the cycle moves when you're done no one cares about you so at the end of the day he got to do what's best for him to do right now because guess what that's his only source of income what's funny for me is i remember the stories of guys that like jack youngblood famously played in a super bowl with a broken leg a real broken leg and he played T.O. with a de- devastating ankle injury right. came back to play in the Super Bowl when the timeline for him was double what it was that he came back. Ronnie Lott. I remember Ronnie Lott. Cut off my finger. I'm going back in the game. So what I remember are those stories. I also remember uh, uh, the Chargers quarterback that played with a torn ACL. Philip Rivers. Philip yep. Rivers. Yep. I remember, and boy, he took a lot of grief. He sure did. For originally saying that he might not play. He ended up playing. Doctor said, oh, yeah, by the way, he had a torn ACL. I remember the gutted out stories. We tend to forget about the stories where, well, you know, he had an injury. He could have played, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's up to the player. And, and for Dixon, Watson. missed a couple games at the end of his career. No, I wonder why. Yeah, he missed three games in, in like his third to last season. His second to last season, he missed one game, but it was the last game. And I love game. Hanford. I'm not. I'm yeah, not he didn't miss much. He played every game. And, for, and listen, they all should be as tough as still. Hanford Dixon. But the one thing that I have a problem with, it, you just don't know what that player is going through. Maybe that's Hanford right. had a handful of teammates that looked at his injury and said, come on, dog, that's, come on. I, you, the only person that knows, and there's only one, is the injured player. And he's the one that has to make the call. And I don't love it when media no. members try to do that yeah. because nobody knows. Th- this is th- this is just high school, but I remember playing both ways in high school in my junior year, and I wanted to get a scholarship, and I was playing really well, and something kept messing with my, my calf. I kept – it would get hit, and I'm like, this is excruciating pain. And I'd roll around for about three or four minutes. they take me off the field. It'll stop hurting, and I'll go back on. So I'm doing this and I'm continuing. This is week five, week six. I'm like, this is killing me. And they're like, it's G. Bush. I've been, I'm the same person I am now. G. Bush don't want to practice. He just want to play the game. Right. And I remember telling him like, no, man, like this hurts that bad. And I could remember like people not taking it seriously. And then finally, they were like, just so you'll shut up. I'm going to take you to the doctor. They finally took me to the doctor. And everybody was like, looked at the scans and came back and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, what's wrong with it? Well, I had a, a bone growing through my leg. So oh, it yeah, was, you've told us it was it. the bone was going over in between my tibia and fibula and was going over a nerve. And so there was pretty much a jagged piece of bone growing through my muscles. Cutting on a nerve. Cutting yeah. on a nerve. Well, no wonder it hurt. And I was like, and then so they looked at me and I, I remember crying, not because it hurt. I remember crying because people didn't, 
believe me and they treated yeah. me like that. Like yeah. I just didn't want to play. And I'm like, here I am. I'm just trying to get a scholarship. This is the most important year of my life. Right. And you're telling me I don't want to play and coaches yeah. might think I'm just a loser that don't want to practice. Yeah, that's right. right. No that's one knows. Bad. You're right. the only one that felt that pain. Even my, the doctor after they looked at the scan didn't know how bad right. it hurt. Yeah. Just it, by the way, did you uh, guys ever see the movie Total Recall, the original one with Arnold I did. Schwarzenegger? Yes, yes, yes. And there was some mutants. You're yes. one of the mutants. <laughs> He's growing bones. I, by the way, that mutant with that ostrich arm yeah, yeah, yeah. freaked me out. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that, well, how about Quato? Remember Quato in the belly? Oh, Open yeah, your mind to me. Oh. Uh, Mike has uh, some, uh, a read I got a Mary real quick update. read and an update from Mary Kay here. If you guys missed Behind the Glass last night, make sure you check it out. Me, Earl, Anthony talked about the Browns quarterback situation, the Browns culture, a little behind-the-scenes stories, some internet death threats, and all the above. Jeez. A lot of fun episode. Make sure you guys yep. check it out. Mary Kay Cabot just tweeted out, Within the last minute, and I quote, Anthony, you can throw it up when you're ready. Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is not scheduled to speak with the media again today. Oh. Didn't do so yesterday either for his regularly, regular weekly appearance. He sat out Wednesday's practice. We'll see about today. We'll find out practice later this afternoon. Deshaun, however, not speaking to the media, which leads us right to our main topic of the show, Jay. There has been some mixed yeah. messaging from the Browns Brain Trust over the Deshaun Watson shoulder injury from when it started two weeks ago to where we are now. In your opinion... Two weeks out from the initial report of Deshaun being hurt. We didn't know about it until Wednesday after the Tennessee game. Do you think this could be the sign of a bigger picture issue with the Browns brain trust? Maybe uh, a little fracture showing through the signs? Uh, yes. Um, not, but it's bad either way. Whether this is right. a fracture amongst the group or not, it's still bad. They have... Yeah. All the messaging that has come out over the last week and an, almost two weeks of this has, conf has often conflicted other messaging. Nobody seems to be on the same page, whether it's Watson, Stefanski. They keep saying they're on the same page, like every time we hear from Stefanski and Barry. But clearly there's a disconnect somewhere. And whether this means that Barry and Stefanski, who have seemed to be very tight, Maybe things are fraying between them. Maybe Jimmy Haslam's causing a fray between them. Maybe Deshaun Watson's ticked at Stefanski right now. We don't know. But clearly, there is a problem. Can it be overcome and the Browns get back to winning? Sure. But when you come from an organization that is used to losing, it's harder to get over these things. They tend to sabotage a team more than organizations. You know, when you had the Antonio Brown situation... In Pittsburgh, well, they're used to a culture of winning. So they got rid of him, they moved on, and they were able – it wasn't a big deal. Now, this nothing here that's happened is equivalent to that necessarily. But I, I think the big question right now that we don't have an answer to is two things. Is there any tension between Watson and Stefanski? Mm -hmm. And is there any tension between Watson and his teammates? Because if either of those things are happening, then that's a problem, guys. Well, that – ultimately led to Baker's demise. And I'm not saying there was tension between Baker and Stefanski, but there was clearly tension between Baker and some of his teammates. I, I, I just don't. I, I just don't like it. I don't understand. What, don't they have a support staff? Don't they? You know, I, I, I was laughing at, and I was thinking to myself, they need to hire, hire Olivia Pope from the movie or from the uh, show <laughs> Scandal. You need to bring her in here and carry Washington. Communications expert. Figure this out because, look, the one thing that you don't want, right? And you look at Deshaun Watson, and there's one thing Deshaun Watson has never been. He has never been or has had an opportunity to be comfortable 
in Cleveland. He doesn't have anybody he really speaks to in the media locally. He really hasn't really even spoken about who he is or what he's able to do or any of the work he's done in the community because we've only spoken about the scandal. So he, he's, he's already closed in a little bit. And so when you close in a little bit, you, you want at least your teammates in your organization to kind of, you know, surround you and, and, and close ranks a little bit. So, you know, you mentioned Hanford Dixon and what he said. I, I believe Hanford Dixon um, is just uh, it's just a consequence of the mixed messaging. I agree with 100%. that. When, I 100% agree with when that. You take in, when, when your coach says, well, he's cleared to play, well, okay, we'll take that on his face value. Okay, that's one. But then the general manager comes out in the bye week and he's supposed to be shutting it down. And then he comes out and says that he's going to play and you guarantee it almost like double down. Well, he just said it matter of factly. Like, like it's just, oh, oh, he'll, he'll play against San Francisco. So, so when you say it out of turn and out of a matter of fact, you, you diminish what it exactly happening with that player. So people think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Now we got people on the internet being like, okay, yeah, bruise, contusion. Now, now it's, it's the, the narrative is, oh, well, regular people have this. Why isn't he playing? Yeah, that's insane. And so now <laughs> if you're Deshaun Watson, you back on the defensive. You're like, I'm trying to win people over, and I had all these allegations, and I wasn't allowed to speak. Now I'm here. I'm trying to get that past me. And now, which I think is weird a little bit too, you, he's not speaking anymore. Like, yeah. if he, it's okay to be injured and, and go talk to the media. At least right. you'll say, hey, look, guys, I'm trying my hardest to get out there. I'm just doing be- day by day. But they're almost being like, no, 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 don't do that. Because I know. It, it's, it, there's it's, two reasons it's for, for, an or, for, for him not to speak. One, he's saying, I just, I'm, not, I'm not doing it because the reporters have twisted my words. Yep. Or the other is the organization is telling him, don't speak. Right. And either way, it's bad because his message now is in a can, and we don't know what it is. We don't know. He's just walking around. And I I thought of something yesterday that I haven't discussed on the show yet, but when I was having this conversation with a big fan yesterday, this popped into my head, and I made the point. And I'll make it with you guys and see what you think. I'm not suggesting that Stefanski is vindictive, Mm -hmm. but he didn't lob the first blow here. We haven't tied into all of this. Deshaun's comments after the Steelers game that there was a communication problem. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if to show Deshaun how damaging it can be to let what's inside the locker room out into the public, which is what Deshaun did. And it caused now Stefanski's answering questions about the communication with his quarterback. He doesn't want to spend time doing that. I'm wondering if Stefanski, because we've said over and over again, every word that has ever fallen out of his mouth has been pre-thought and it's measured. And there's always intent. He doesn't make mistakes. We've followed him for, you know, now into his fourth season. He just doesn't do that. So I think the biggest surprise for all of us was, wow, he just said that. And then we start thinking, okay, why? Well, that did come after Deshaun's comment about there's communication issues between quarterback and coach. Want to see how damaging that can be? 
And, I'm, and I, I just I still can't think that he would be that small and petty. He's the head I coach. Can't, because Jay, I can't he, think it was intentional, you, but maybe yeah. subconsciously. I, if, he, if, I, if I were the owner of the team and I knew Stefanski did what you're suggesting. No, I'm not I, suggesting. I'm not saying you're saying he what did I'm it. What I'm saying, but, is that possible okay. that subconsciously he said, this guy didn't have my back? I'd fire him if he did. If I would, Well, you'd never know. If, you'd never if be I able knew, to prove I'm saying that. that, that, that to that'd me, be crazy. It's just what I can't understand is why coach and general manager yeah. have made comments about this quarterback that has led the fan base and media to believe he could have played Right. And he's going to play. And what's to G's point also of like he's been trying to build up this relationship and the, you know in theory. Since the moment Watson got here, it's been bad, right? He got suspended. All the accusations, the news around, all the news been has bad. been bad. Yeah. And then when he got on the field, it was all bad. Right. Yeah, yeah, Until right, the right. Titans game. Yes. Right, right. So and then we saw them high fiving and chest bumping right. and everything else. We were all feeling great. Mm-hmm. Yes. After about it was the best you felt collectively. No about Watson was after that game. No question. And now it's just all gone to crap since then. Without well, another game it. being played, I mean, the optics are it's not good. Right. But I've had players tell me before about what were perceived scandals outside a locker room were not even close to that inside the locker room. So fair. Here's my hope. You had said something earlier about close the ranks and come together. Here's my hope. My hope is the 53 and the coaches come together and bubble wrap themselves from us. Well, we need a clear message today, Jay. We do, but Bull, here's how you send a clear message. Go beat the hell out of San Francisco. True, but... Message sent. Fine, but if if I were the Browns today, I'm like, my head's spinning. Because Watson... Why? How did this happen? Because Watson, Stefanski, Barry, and DTR... Off the top of my head, I can't think of there's any other players. Throw in DPJ, too, who said How? yesterday, I don't know who's throwing the ball to us. Oh, I he believe, said that? I believe okay. he said that. DP Day said, said, quote, I'm not sure who will be catching passes from us Okay, today. so okay. that's five people, coach, GM, three players, who have said something that makes you to believe not everybody's on the same page. And that can't happen. And that at some point, perception becomes reality, That's right. It? And, and add in that Watson's not talking. What do they got to hide? When somebody doesn't talk, you think there's always something to hide. So we need one message. Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry need to be in the room with the entire team and say, what the hell are we doing here? Here's what's going on. Here's what we're saying in the media. That's it. That may have already happened, yeah. and they just, they're not going to tell us. Guys, this is, this is the, as I go back and look at it, I remember he, he's always had trouble with messaging on players' injuries. The when Baker? The, the, the Baker situation. Remember when people thought Odell Beckham was going to play in the first game yes, against I Kansas do. City? I do. I and do. he yes. just came out and was like... And, and, That's true. And, it's, and so, if you look at it... They're always It's always a little... Like, for the last three or four years, like, take a look at what, what goes on. We, we You had problems with OBJ. You had problems with Jarvis Landry. When Jarvis Landry is at his... Cook, he's at his turkey giveaway. And he comes out and says, you know what? I, I just don't know what's going on right now. You take a look, Jadavian Clowney. He says he's not going in on third down. Like he just like he. These are things that I can't look at. If you look at them individually, okay, they're just one offs. But if you look at it, there's a pattern of behavior where there, there's messaging where I don't know how that was even allowed to go on. Is it is it possible for us to and we're assuming that there's a communication issue and a messaging issue. 
How, who's to blame for that? And I know in, in reality, it's probably a little bit of everybody. Should Deshaun Watson ever tell the media that there's a communication problem with his head coach? I'd love to hear those exact quotes again because I, I, in you my memory, it was, it was really – I'll, I'll look game. up. Hold on. It was really – I didn't realize he – I don't remember him the saying – The one that stands out to me was – uh, whether or not we're going to go for it on fourth down. Yeah. That was a specific example that he used, but he yeah. also used, I think, game plans. or th- he, made, he gave several examples, which was why I'm like, wow. It's not like this is one communication problem. We got muddy channels on a couple of different things. Right. And I, first of all, yeah. here's, here's the way you fix that. You go to the quarterback, or you go to the head coach, if you're the quarterback, and you say, coach, I'm not really sure what our philosophy is on going forward on fourth down. And I'm not sure, but I would love to know if we got the ball on the 44 yard line, because that's kind of, that's the yellow zone for sure. Mm-hmm. If we've got the ball on the 44 yard line, is that always a red light or a green light to go for it four times? Because I'd like to know that on first down and I'd like to know that on second down. And I'd also really like to know that on third. Yeah, but how do you can't know that for sure no, every but time? You can have conversations and say, well, here's what our analytics department gave. Here's the book that we go by. 41-yard line and in, we're going for it on fourth and under three. Whatever it is, they have a formula. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but he should know what that is. So he, in his mind, can say on third down, I'm not going to sh- throw a check down to a guy that's st- still a yard short of the sticks if that means we're not going to go for it on fourth down. I may look for a different receiver. I may decide to run. It's just I, additional I, information that I helps just find make it decisions. hard to believe that this information uh, is not being shared. I, I do too, but, but but Mike, I don't think I'm misremembering this Yeah, quote. I just don't remember him saying anything about uh, the coach. I, I certainly could be wrong, but I, I quote, thought... I, I have it right here. Okay. Yeah. Quote, and this is after the Steelers game, Tuesday right. we speaking in the media. Right. The communication got to be better. Fundamentals got to be better. You can't blame anyone other than myself, but we need to communicate better all around. There was way more to it. Might have been a second question. That's where he specifically talked about the fourth down. And and I remember I'll, I'll that soundbite. I'll keep looking. Because I heard the soundbite, and it was a yeah. pretty long rip. It was like a 15-second clip. Now, he did say, it's all my fault. He did, which yeah. is big. But yeah. But for the public, when I hear that, I don't think it's on the subordinate. I think it's on the boss. Uh, here's, Bosses uh, have to communicate yeah. to the employers and, and what, what's expected and of for them. For Kevin Stefanski, I, I, think, I think we missed two, two big key things. He is a first-time head coach, right? So, obviously, there's some opportunity. to The one year, he wasn't even in the building, right? So, and that happens to be his best year. Now, here's the thing that, that I look at it. Maybe you guys, you tell me if I'm wrong. It, it sounds like, it looks like, it's almost like you being a, a stepdad, right? Like, you, you didn't literally have the kid. Like, you look at, you know, Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield, Kevin Stefanski inherited those guys. Both of them. Both of them. So, it's a little bit different. It's not like he told the general manager to draft this player because I need him. Right. I agree with you. There is more of a connection coach and player if, when that's the case. Because we're tied. You know. You but that doesn't them. mean they're any less invested. Right. Or does it? I don't no, know. No, no, well, it, it just shows you it, it's harder to get that communication. Because if I drafted you, it's, it's we're bonded at the hip. You right. know if what I it is. If I inherited you, there. It's like, okay. And well, then, he didn't it, inherit Watson. They traded for well, Watson. Well, they, tra- they traded for him. Now, yeah. we, we've never gotten the, nope. the, 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 the word 
Who was the main guy who said, no, nah, go and, get me and Watson? At one point, when asked about it, Stefanski was asked specifically about, had you decided that you couldn't win with Baker? Now, whether this was truthful or not, he said, we thought we could win moving forward, but we had an opportunity to better our team, so we did it. And, and I don't know who the, yeah, catal- but the catalyst. But I, to me, when a player gets drafted, you don't know if the coach wanted him either. Same as no, when a player gets traded for. No, but in some <clears throat> cases, yeah. the coach is in on that decision-making process, particularly if he's an offensive right. or specifically well, a quarterback so guy. I would assume. Like if Kyle Shanahan drafts a quarterback, it, that's his guy. Yeah, yeah, but I assume Kevin Stefanski, when they traded for Watson, they didn't. They had his input on that. I would hope uh, he did. Why wouldn't they? Uh, because they're the Browns. I, I mean, because, because I, that's, that's but I would hope they, but, I, there's no way they traded for but, Watson without discussing but, it with but the fans. But we do have the information of knowing that Jimmy Haslam handpicked Johnny Manziel. I, well, that's what we think. I don't know. And, we know and that. Then talk, and then they text down the field like, oh, you're going to play him too. Get him in the yeah, game. but that's not the <laughs> that's crazy. not the same as the Deshaun but, Watson. But, but I think I think my, my general point was sometimes when you're put together, you have a very squeezed, condensed timeline sure. to get it together. They've had and, plenty of time. There's no excuse. So so well, here's the thing. Yeah, you could get the offense in, you could get the defense in, but there's a lot that you could have communication, but do you have trust? Trust is different. I don't trust know. is you know trust it, is known after they I'm, beat Tennessee, we were all excited that they hi, they jumped into each other's arms basically, and we're like, look, they love each other, and yeah, now we're we questioning and, 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 their chemistry. And, I I don't know. But if Deshaun Watson is saying the same thing is in his head, he's like, I was just chest bumping with you. I, what's why you why you do that to me? Why why would you tell people that that I was cleared to play? Why? Would, yeah. that, but, but that's but, why I don't think you could take it back to the Steeler game. Yeah, because yeah, the I, I hope not. No, listen, that. I yeah. hope not. But what what hit me yesterday was this wasn't the first communication problem yeah. that, that we knew about that was aired by one of the two in the public. It right. was Deshaun who first said, yeah, communication isn't good or whatever, isn't right. Here's the thing. I, there's 0% chance in my mind that Stefanski said, oh, you want to play? Yeah, it doesn't 0% chance yeah. of that. However... Sometimes we, in dealings with people where there have been previous beefs, subconsciously say or do or treat that person with that piece of artillery in your backpack. You know that it's there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because I thought he did that with Baker. When Baker came back and said, oh, I'll decide when I'm going to play or not. And he just disregarded the coach. I'm going to be playing. I told you that. And I think think Stefanski was like, well, hold on. What you mean you you plan? Yeah, All we right. make those decisions we as may, an organization. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let you play. Go play. I, for me, <laughs> and for me, going forward, team. like all of this stuff, it's it's a, it's been a mess. They can either come together as a team, as a unit, and start back on the winning track. You know, somebody said to me, I was talking with somebody yesterday about, do I still believe in Stefanski? Because I'm probably one of the few people left in town that does. But I said, I, I, I still have some faith in him. But he's he's holding on by a thread with me at this yeah, point, right? Um, and if he doesn't turn it around soon, the Browns are going to have to to think about a change. But I don't think we're there yet because they're still very much it, with all the doom and gloom that we've been sharing for the last two days, and it's going to continue unless Deshaun Watson plays because yeah. they're going to have 
hard time beating anybody without Deshaun Watson. They are. That's, um, that's just the way it goes. You have a backup quarterback in most cases, it's hard to win. And so, uh, unless but but unless he turns it around soon, he he's going to lose his and, job. And I, I I have like you, I have not completely lost faith in Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Here's what I can't figure out about Kevin Stefanski: How can he be so good against the Bengals, and how can he be so just mediocre, below average against everyone else? I don't I don't know that. So I because of what he's done against the Bengals, yeah, yeah. I can't lose faith in him yet. Yeah. But but like you, I'm teetering. Man. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's read. running out of time. He's he really running is. out of time. Jay, I'll keep looking for that quote. I cannot find Channel it. Channel 3 moment. ran it, if that helps. I'm going I'm to do as much as I can to find it. Because I saw it. On, I, we if ran you guys need Browns gear for the upcoming season, head over to fanatics.com slash UCSS for all your swaggy, comfy, stylish Browns gear. Fanatics.com slash UCSS is the place to get all your Browns gear, not just for yourself, but for your friends, family as the holiday season approaches. Once again, that is fanatics.com slash UCSS. And with that, let's bring in our guest. It is Brian Peacock of the Lockdown 49ers podcast. Also, the host of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show on the Lockdown Network. Brian, we appreciate you making some time with us this morning. How you doing, man? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm fired up for this one. I uh, yeah. can't wait for a little Browns 49ers action. Should be a good one, especially yeah. uh, with these two defenses wow. this week. It, it'd be a good one if Deshaun Watson plays. <laughs> man, he was lying. It, you can't come in here lying. That was a good, that was a great open. It, Should be a good one. Yeah. Uh, PJ it, Walker. It's not going to be a good one if PJ Walker is playing, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you that. But He's let me being ask, nice. Guys. Yeah, I like Let me ask you this, Brian. Let me, let me ask you this because we had, and, and, we it was feisty yesterday. It was yelling and screaming about where Brock Purdy is in the pantheon of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Well, I'm not even going to tell you what anybody said. Nope. I don't want to. You know, <laughs> where do you? Where would you say? We know how well he's played. We know the talent and the coaching he has around him. We know it's not a huge sample size for you right now. If you're ranking the quarterbacks, where do you put Brock Purdy? Well, whichever one of you guys had him ranked the highest was correct because this dude is special. He's got some that special qualities, and there you go. And you might Thank not you. Uh, you might not see it as easily as some other quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. It's not that kind of talent, but it, there's something that Brock Purdy has that those guys have, and it's a level of uh, I love the term arm arrogance, and it's very different. Again, it's not 60 air yard throws on a dot. He has some of the best anticipation I've ever seen from a, a 49ers quarterback. And look, I started watching football way back in the late 80s, early 90s, and I saw some Joe Montana. Montana and that Young. is the uh, top of the that is the top of the heap. That is the mountaintop. And there's some similar. Now I'm not putting that on him. No, don't get me wrong. Don't you get are. me wrong here. You're putting it but on him right now. He, you're putting it on him right now. There are some no? qualities. <laughs> there are some qualities running this scheme and this offense that he brings to it that we haven't seen in the Kyle Shanahan era of San Francisco 49ers quarterbacks. Yeah. There's some special qualities, That's some well toughness, the, his vision of the field, and uh, he does elevate the team more than I think a lot of people from the outside looking in would think, and, and I think you'll see some of that on Sunday. Now, I agree with that. He does a lot of those things, there's no doubt. Uh, we can't totally dismiss the talent around him and the, and, and the coaching staff. However, one person did go as far to say he's better than Josh Allen. Will you at least admit that that person is out of his mind? Uh, that's there's a, there's a handful of quarterbacks that right now today I would absolutely trade Brock Purdy for, and I would trade Brock, Brock Purdy for Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen's a different, completely different dude, and he's at the top uh, of the current NFL heat for yeah, sure. Him, wait, 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 hold on. Um, but you have some... him above Patrick Mahomes? 
No, 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 no. Oh, okay. uh, it, it's so it's there. I'm just there's a there's a there is a tier of quarterback that Brock. It'd be crazy to put Brock Purdy in right Correct. now, and that's the tier where Mahomes and, so and Josh Allen say, are in, and maybe Mahomes is a different here tier at the top. Yeah, but the I ones would, behind those guys, you have to start talking about Brock Purdy just with totally the way agree. he's playing. And if you totally look at the statistics, he is up there in that tier. No, but he's ahead of Josh Allen. Say, if okay, you look at the statistics, let's chill a little bit. Yeah, if you look at the statistics over his, he's got 11 games. He just gave you the answer. The guy that covers, we don't want to argue about it anymore. The guy that covers the Niners just said you're crazy. No, the guy that covers the Niners said whoever had him ranked highest is right. But no, I have him ranked highest. In uh, the uh, reasonable we spent, spot. Listen, we I know, spent you 20 gotta, minutes on the show yesterday. Stand Why down is it always me i got to stand down? Morning. Because You're I have wrong. a question for the guys. I'm so sorry, Brian. Right. I'm so sorry, yeah. Brian. Okay. You come into this house, man, you get mud slinging everywhere. There you go. Here's my question it. for you about this guy. I, I, I really have a high regard for Chris Collinsworth. I think Chris does an unbelievable job. And I'm not just talking about his skill set in the, in the booth. I think he's the best at what he does. But I also really, really trust his assessment of quarterback play. I think that's, you know, even though he was a wide receiver, I think he does a great job of breaking down the quarterbacks. And the one thing that he kept saying over and over and over again was the processor and how quickly he's going through information. As much as I love Josh Allen, and I do love him, the one thing I haven't seen on it, and it doesn't mean we're not going to see it, but the one thing I haven't seen from Brock Purdy yet is his mind making a decision that his arm can't back up. He's been so good with the football. In fact, as good as anyone over the last 11 games. What are you seeing on his processor? Yeah, uh, the processor's been unbelievable from jump, from the first time he stepped on the field for the 49ers as a rookie, which is something you just don't see. Uh, Even as much football as he played in college, it always takes guys, ah, let's wait till year two, let's wait till year three. It was immediate. The uh, Tom Brady comes into Levi's Stadium last season, and by the end of the game, the crowd was chanting Brock Purdy's name. Brock Purdy's dad is in the crowd with tears coming out of his eyes, and I'm watching this football game like, what the heck is going on? This guy is not supposed to be this good, and he's kept that up and actually improved this year from what we saw last year. There was some frenetic, like you could tell things were going a little fast. Uh, but he always finds the right answer. In the New York Giants game this year, Brock Purdy was blitzed more than anybody in the, the modern era of football, basically. Wink Martindale's defense, they came after him, blitzing him. It was a little it was a little funny early, and he did throw some balls. There's some luck that he could have thrown some more interceptions. He has zero on the season. He could have one or two, potentially. Um, but he figured it out. And by the end of the game, even with blitzers coming at him, he's getting the ball out ridiculously early, right to the spot where it needs to go, and even figures it out in the small in the in the in the in the 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 small sample of just a single game, let within alone game, how much yeah. he's right within a game, even though you know you would think that you know, week after week and year after year, you get a little bit better, you get a little bit better. He's figuring this stuff out on the fly during games even though he hasn't played a full season of football yet so it's it's phenomenal he's gonna have a bad game at some point the haters will come out then but at at this point right now what he's doing is something that they're gonna be writing hollywood scripts about i hope that bad game sunday Mm. that's my hope one of one of the things that um you know i went and looked at a you know i saw you was coming on so I just had to get myself prepared for some 49ers stuff one of the things that you do guys do really well um, is is just the the run action like you, you guys really threaten all the levels like you you keep linebackers eyes glued onto like the, the motions in different places like that. 
Um, and, and in the run game, you, you guys are able to play power football, but have misdirection. Uh, and and I, I just couldn't help but watch. But, you know, George Kittle is one of the, you know, one of the best blockers like at tight end. And it's all it's, 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 it's a it's a luxury having that guy because, you know, he's out there like really blocking defensive ends. You're moving the misdirection. And then when you look up, you're like, wow, like, who am I going to stop? Am I going to stop Christian McCaffrey on these runs? Um, you know, or am I going to blitz? But, you know, Christian McCaffrey is good enough to split out wide and, and, and really put moves on corners and get, catch the football. But I think your running game and being so multiple from different formations really gives guys, um, you know, a little bit of trouble. Like, how do, how do you guys see yourself? Do you guys see yourself as a, a, a pass offense or, or is it the run game that you're really predicated off of? See, that's what's interesting with Kyle Shanahan and, and the offense and how it's sort of it's changing a little bit in 2023. And I think there's the trust level there in Brock Purdy to do more things through the air. Uh, but, you know, it's a Shanahan offense. They're going to run the ball. They run the ball well before McCaffrey. They're going to run the ball well after McCaffrey. But then he just adds that extra little bit of positionless football and you can move him around and do everything. And, and it's been phenomenal the fit for for Christian McCaffrey in this offense. And, and really, Kyle Shanahan's offense has always been about putting linebackers heads in a blender and just you know utilizing their athletes that are better than the defense's athletes and using the defense's rules against them and that's why you see so much motion and uh even more motion this year that fast outward motion rather than always across the formation motion which is uh, a little bit in vogue that that uh that mike mcdaniel and, and kyle shanahan are using this year and how do you stop the 49ers offense when uh, they have all those weapons, and you have uh, these guys are so selfless too. You talked about George Kittle's ability to block. These guys get so hyped when somebody else scores a touchdown, and every week it's going to be a different guy. Maybe it's a Debo Samuel game, maybe it's a McCaffrey game. Last week it was George Kittle with three touchdowns. They're selfless. They block the wide receivers, block down the field, which helps bigger runs. And uh, you can't focus on just one guy because someone else is going to beat you. And if you play him straight up, you're going to get beat somewhere. So I don't. We're calling Brock Purdy Brock Thirty because the Niners are putting up thirty points a game, and then good luck scoring thirty on that defense. So right now, the way the Forty ers are playing, uh, I just don't know how you you slow them down. Although Jim Schwartz has had some of the best. I don't want to say luck has had some of the best schemes against Kyle Shanahan's offense over the course of his career. So that's the one thing that has to happen and maybe get that oblong ball bouncing your way a little bit. In Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Schwartz is, I believe eight and one against Kyle Shanahan in his career, which is amazing. And the Browns obviously have the defense to play well against them. The problem is the Browns are so limited, you know, offensively. I just, you know, you've lost Nick Chubb for the season and, and it's trending towards Watson not playing this week. I mean, you look at the Niners, they don't appear to have any weaknesses at all. I mean, I, I guess the only way you can make them uncomfortable on offense is to, to pressure them, but that's not easy to do. And, if, and then if you don't get home, I mean, what do you look at? If you had to pick a biggest weakness of the team, <clears throat> what would you pick? Uh, I would say the right side of the offensive line, I would probably try to get Miles Garrett over against the the right tackle, Colton McKivitz, as much as possible. We saw in week one against the Steelers, J.J. Watt got home multiple times against Brock Purdy. There was two strip sacks. The, the Steelers were able to get one of those turnovers, but the 49ers dominated the rest of the game so much that it didn't matter. 
Uh, and then last week against Micah Parsons, that was sort of the same story. Good defense, right? And you think, okay, Micah Parsons, he's the one that could wreck the game for the 49ers. And he got through, you know, once or twice, uh, but, you know, no sacks. He hit Brock Purdy once. It, it ended up not being a factor. So even their biggest weaknesses aren't that weak. Not only are they good on offensive defense, they've been awesome on special teams, punting and kicking the ball with rookie money Moody, too. So at this point, and uh, maybe some new – uh, some new areas of the team will start to show, but I think the right side of the offensive line and then that nickel corner situation, they, they've kind of had a revolving door with, with the outside corner nickel spot on the opposite side from Charverius Ward, and uh, they're trying to figure out what exactly they want to do there, but it looks like they've settled in with Gilmador Lenore on the outside and uh, Isaiah Oliver. Uh, in the slot. So that was another one you think, okay, well, that's where a team could potentially exploit. And CD Lamb was four catches for 40 yards, right? Last week against the Cowboys. So um th- those those weaknesses are very little and the 40 and the 49ers have done a great job masking any weaknesses on both sides of the ball that do exist. It's funny when you have to search the depths of your brain to find a a perceived weakness that's, on the that's team. How that's how good they've been. You know, I was like, well, I guess the nickel corner is not that good. You know, like, <laughs> right. Well, uh, what, what pro- these are first world problems. Their here trainer. Let's let's talk about McCaffrey well. a little bit because we haven't <laughs> specified on him. I mean, you know, we had Nick Chubb who, before his injury, it felt like he was impossible to tackle. Uh, he always looked like he was running downhill. McCaffrey does all of that. I, w- I would argue Nick Chubb's a little better between the tackles, but it's not by much. But McCaffrey in the passing game is just uh, unmatched, except for maybe by Austin Eckler. I mean, that's about it. His combo game and everything he does is remarkable. So the combination of Purdy, which I think we would all agree, is no matter what you feel about Purdy, he's the best quarterback that they've had in San Francisco. I think that's clear. Uh, the combination of him and McCaffrey kind of together late last year has – pardon the cliche, taking this this franchise to another level where I, I think it's going to eventually lead to a, a Super Bowl, whether it's this year or, or sometime soon. Fair? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's that's the path we're on. You, you, maybe you say the 49ers are peaking a little bit early, which, which you know, again, we're just, we're just kind of nitpicking here. But McCaffrey, he always knew he was good. He's a good runner uh like you mentioned he he's he's a little lighter not quite the power back that someone like chubb or other top backs are but he's d- done a good job of, of trying to get bigger and he looks even more rocked up this year than he was last year but he, one of the things i didn't realize and, and didn't appreciate as much until i started watching him every week and and you see him in practice and he's wired a little bit differently the first day of otas he is flying around the field 100 miles an hour like he's a different guy and every yard of every run looks like it matters to him like it is the super bowl and um he's so smart and he knows exactly where to be at all times he 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 was traded midweek and played the very he played two days after he was traded for the 49ers in kyle shanahan's offense which is one of the most difficult offenses to learn uh so it's phenomenal how the competitive toughness that he has that that is something that you kind of could appreciate from afar but when you see it close up uh he's a he's a pretty special guy the way he's wired and again selfless and fits right in with everything else is going on in that 49ers offense so when you look ahead for san francisco and i know we're mostly talking about the browns but I, i'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on where they are as it pertains to the Eagles. Obviously, last year, the Eagles got to the Super Bowl. Purdy wasn't healthy in that game. 
I'm sure you've seen the Eagles this play or play this season. Uh, do the 49ers match up more favorably this year with obviously a healthy Brock Purdy? Are they a better football team than the Philadelphia Eagles right now? Yeah, I would say they're more complete top to bottom. And I do think despite getting another terror on the inside in uh, – you know, in Jalen Carter in the draft, which it's absurd that everyone, the rest of the league, let the let the Eagles do that. Um, the the Eagles did lose more than they gained in the offseason. You lose both play callers on both sides of the ball, and so I, I think the 49ers are better than they were last year. They're better at quarterback. They are, uh, you know, they got more players on both sides of the ball playing at a, at a high level right now. Debo was kind of said himself he was awful last year, and he's even a little bit better this year and in the best shape I've seen him from since probably his you know, rookie year, maybe 2021. And uh, they're just they're just firing on all cylinders right now. So I think the 49ers are a more complete team, and they are better than they were last year. I think the Eagles are a little worse. And that's scary because the Eagles are still 5-0, and though. And they I think there's still another level that they're going to hit this year. So when, you know, in December, week 13, 49ers, Eagles, that's going to be a popcorn game for sure. Yeah, yeah I can't wait for that. Bra- more importantly, I can't wait for the NFC Championship because I think they're going to play again. Brian, quick answer to wrap it up. <clears throat> If assuming Deshaun Watson doesn't play, what is more likely to happen this Sunday? Browns win, Niners shutout. Probably Niners shutout. I will say an athletic quarterback can give this scheme. We've seen all the way back to the Robert Soliday's, you know, some trouble. So that's what you're hoping for, I think, if PJ Walker's in there at quarterback for you. Thanks, Brian. Good stuff, man. Brian. Great stuff. Yeah. Appreciate Thank it. you very much. Give my best to John Lynch. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> if you want to see yeah. any more of Brian Peacock, you can find him on the Locked On 49ers podcast or the Williamson and Peacock show on the Locked On NFL Network. Shout out to some guys in the chat real quick. Shout out to Jarrell Jack, Phil Bowman, KR Thunder, yeah. and Skilly for gifting 20 – and Ray Smith for gifting 31 wow. memberships today. Nice. Was, shout out to you guys. We televising. MVPs. Uh, if you get <laughs> wow. memberships, we're going to give you a shout out. You guys deserve it. Those we appreciate guys you. collectively Collective 31 memberships today. We was in the chat. In the that chat was one, so. and, and they, I even received a membership because huh. I've been in chat so much. I got one. Oh, got one too. So I, two I of those 32 one. went to Earl and G. Bush. Crazy. Uh, YouTube makes it I totally random. I'm a member, G. I'm a member. I'm in the building, man. Stop playing. That's funny. G, maybe you get overtime content now for the first time. Yeah, first time. like, when, right? When someone does that, are they immediately gifted to only people that are in the chat at that time? I have, honest to goodness, you don't no know idea what YouTube, how it works. Yeah. I have no idea how it works. But okay. we appreciate you guys. Everyone I just shouted out. You guys are the best. We love you guys. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. That's fine. And we are going to move on to uh, No Fence Riders here. Guys, when we ask No Fence Rider questions... I always get upset when we have a unanimous answer because that means I made the question too easy. Today, not a single unanimous answer. And most of these Good job out of you. were pretty even splits. Only two were pretty heavy on one side of there. So you guys ready to play a little No Fence Riders NFL edition? Let's get it done. Yeah. All right, Steve, are you ready? Mm. Question number one. Yeah. Will Miles Garrett have more sacks on Sunday than Nick Bosa? Everybody said no. Everybody went with Nick Bosa except – Take it, Steve. For myself, y'all the just nugget. heard Brian. The right side of the San wow. Francisco offensive line is porous. Trent Williams on the left side, as good as it gets in the NFL. He is a one-of-one left tackle right now. The right side, we don't love PFF grades. No one ranks over a 55. If I'm Jim Schwartz, I'm not even putting Miles Garrett on the Trent Williams side of the field. He's attacking from the right side. TJ Watt got two sacks. I'm expecting two and a half for Miles Garrett. I think Miles Garrett, two and a half sacks on Sunday. Just like Michael Parsons did. 
Well, they kept trying to put him against Trent Williams. I'm saying avoid no, that matchup. Yeah, he avoid was on the right matchup. side a number of times. A lot, actually. Yeah, yeah he was more than uh, less than T.J. Watt, more than he normally is. Much more than he normally but is. this is a game that I look at where the Browns' defense knows if we don't show up, it's going to get ugly real fast. And I'm expecting a heroic performance from Miles Garrett. This is a Miles wow. Garrett. Put the team on my so broad the- shoulders game. Prove to us. Uh, show us why Miles Garrett's done his job. Same. He's played great. It's not, no, yeah. I know, but I'm saying this is a game where he can make a legitimate statement, not just to the people in Cleveland who yeah. know how good he is, but to the rest of the league. Hey, when you talk make about best pass rushers, plays when your this team is needs the most. I, I am him. And Sunday, they need him bad. They're going to need him bad. I, I, right. I, I, will, say, I right. will say this. Um, <clears throat> I am drinking the Kool-Aid on the Browns defense. Um, I think they're going to come out and they're going to play their best game of the season. I think they'll come out and play inspired football. You'll see the best game from Zadarius Smith. I think you'll he see. He doesn't have a sack yet. He though. doesn't have a sack today. I think I got him. Man, their two. best game of the season, though, G. Bush, their first three games, their their opponents did nothing. I think, the, I look, when you, when you watch this game, I'm already putting it down. Uh, McCaffrey, you're not shutting him down. Out. You're done. Debo Samuel, not getting no money off. That's done. What do you think his final score is going to be? Three nothing? No, I, I, I've lowered like, <laughs> two nothing. No, I, no, I think it's disrespectful. People got him scoring thirty points, and, and if you but, Browns, but how, don't, the, I mean, did the Ravens game happen? We saw that. But guess what? Jim Schwartz had two weeks. That's a fact. To be in that film room, like, yeah. oh no! And I did not know Bull that Jim Schwartz is eight and one against. He is Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. And, Little and sneak peek. We that's can't, insane. Well, don't get too far into the stats. That is no, that's it. That's all I got. Hey, yeah. I have the deep dive into. Yeah, I saw some of the other stats. I won't get. And we more. haven't heard very much. We heard all the quarterback stuff. We ain't heard nobody on the defense say nothing. And you know what's funny about the NFL? How many times are there matchups like this? Where everybody says this was easy. Yeah, yeah right, right. And it's not. And it's not. I mean, uh, that's we'll why the NFL is the greatest Monday. league yeah. in the world. Look, it might end up being. You know, everybody everybody picked San Francisco against Dallas, and that one was easy. They got that one right. But this one is even easier for the experts. What's the line now? It was seven last time I checked. Started at three, three and a half. Already oh. moved to seven, and it's probably not done. I, I remember watching it, and I'm I, not saying he, these guys were on the same level. But I remember LeBron James when they played the Pistons, and there was no reason to do, that should even have been in there. It was those those Pistons games, right? And he scored twenty five in a row, and everybody collectively was like, "Oh no, he's the best." If Miles Garrett ever wants to be known as the best player in the world Now's right the now, time. he go out and show out this game. And when 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 you got Nick Bosa and his team rolling in but here, he's the best in the wouldn't world. Wouldn't it just be the way though? Like right. PJ Walker balls out. <laughs> And then I come Miles in Miles Garrett, four sacks. <laughs> everybody gets an interception. Everybody Even the guys that don't get interceptions. It, it picks, DPJ takes one to the house. Because Purdy one, is due to throw a pick. The one thing he I'll say, due. though. He's got to throw one. The one thing I'll say, though, is the Niners. You talked about this, I think, yesterday. The Niners offense, they get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Purdy, I think, is That's third in terms of shortest what time is it, throwing 2. the ball. 3? Is Bullion just taking all my five-pack and McNuggets sure. stats you need to yep. know Sunday? Yep. Well, I but mean, it is. It's 2.4 seconds okay. third of the lead. Yeah. And, and that's why when I was deciding who's going to I think Miles is going to be his normal disruptive self, but you've got one quarterback 
Well, an offense that's known for quarterbacks just holding the ball forever. Well, third fastest for San Francisco, third slowest. Well, part yeah, and, and that's part why of that, I say Bosa's going to get home more than but, Miles. But part of that is, I bet you most of the teams that are slower throwing the the ball are the, are the mobile quarterbacks. Sure, yeah, right. Got, yeah. It's Brock Buffalo. Purdy is a statue. He doesn't run at I, all. I'm not going to call him a statue. He, I don't think he's fast, but I think he does a really good job. And Brady did this too. Stepping up into the pocket, making yeah, but, one move in the pocket. No, no, we're that both saying like second. legit mobile. The he's teams not that mobile. lead the NFL. No, he doesn't no, 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 run no, no, ever. But, but no, no, there's a, he, said, teams, he called him a statue. Yeah, statues statue, to no. me are guys that drop back and never move. Well, who's that? <laughs> Believe it or not, they're out there. When you drop back and you're able to feel pressure, slide, step, move, Birdie does that very well. Very well. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying he's not gonna. He has no ability to run at he's all. Not Deshaun Watson. No, he's not anything. He's not, he's not even Joe Burrow in terms of an ability to run. No, he doesn't he's run a at all. More wiggle he, than I think you give him credit what he for what he can do is he buy had like, a little bit of time with the move in the pocket. He does not want to run the football, nor would I want him running the no, football. No, he doesn't run the ball ever, and I, I don't mean, want him to yeah. ever. He's too good throwing it. Don't don't goof it up. Just drop back, buy yourself a little. Well, they don't need him to. They don't need him the to football. either, and he's just not so. that type of quarterback. All right, let's get to the next one, and this was a. Perfect split, a 4-3, which is what I love oh, to see good. when we have seven answers. That means we are right down the fence. The question is, will Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, and Cedric Tillman <laughs> combined, those three combined, have more receiving yards than Christian McCaffrey receiving on yards. Sunday? Well, three wide receivers, have, now Tillman doesn't play really, have, but have more receiving yards than a running back. Hey, hey, uh, and this was a 4-3 it's split. It's sad that he, this is even a real question. Well, he, he, we ain't even seen him. Because what you're asking is, will three wide receivers from one team have more receiving yards than a running back from the other team? That's crazy. But the fact that this is a legitimate (laughs) question does two things. It speaks to the excellence of Christian McCaffrey as a diverse player. It also speaks to the horrific wide receiver room that the Cleveland Browns are working with right now. That is that is horrible. So to this question, we had three yeses and four noes. And all three of you sitting out there... We're part of the no category. Tyvis, Jason, and myself thinks the Browns receivers outgain Christian McCaffrey in terms of receiving yards. The three of you and my fine gentleman to my right, Earl, all said no. Well, I'm go- I answered this with the assumption that Deshaun Watson is not going to play. If I knew Deshaun Watson was going to play, obviously I'd flip. Would you guys all flip? Well, that's exactly yeah. why I did yeah. it, too. Yeah, right, if right, Deshaun yeah. Watson's playing, this is not a question. Yeah. But he's not, in all likelihood. Right. We're, we're, we're assuming. Right. I shouldn't even say that. We don't know in all likelihood. No. We don't know anything. We know that he hasn't practiced in two at, weeks. At this point, it's fair to assume he's not going to play. That would be a fair assumption. But it's not a sure thing. And that's thing. where I'm leaning, right. and that's why I, I went yeah, this because way. But I, if he's playing, I believe yeah, they can get yeah, more yeah, they'll have more, but McCaffrey. But... First of all, Cedric Tillman hasn't played, really. So, so I crossed him off the list. So, to me, it's like Elijah Moore and DPJ. I'm like, they'll probably get 50 yards between them. You would hope. If you're lucky with P.J. Walker. And I think McCaffrey, <laughs> and I think that's best case scenario, is 50 yards between them if P.J. Walker's playing. Yeah. Because I think P.J. Walker will throw for like 125 well, yards. When, that's my expectation. When, 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 all right, when is it okay to just say, you were fooled and you were duped on Elijah Moore. Hey, I was never duped. No, I wasn't either. I thought I he'd be saying, okay. Where is this guy I'm hearing about? I mean, uh, Tyvis said he was the most important player, uh, more important than Cooper. Earl, I think, had him third on his you, most you know important Browns list. You know what they call a batting practice, a power hitter, Bull? They call him a five o'clock hitter. Okay? Yeah. Because 
he puts on a show at 5 o'clock. Right, right, right. But when the game starts, he's nowhere to be seen. That's right. Uh, I'm wondering if he isn't football's version yeah. of a training camp hero. He was making all these great catches. We saw the video. It wasn't just His people were telling us. Performance was we legendary. saw the video legendary. of him beating top-notch cover corners, making unbelievable catches. But somehow, it's some practice. way, I'm not, we can't do it in the game. I'm not. And I'm, I'm not, not ready to give up on him. I'm yet, not though. giving up either. No. But I'm with. I, I'm. I, I'm with you asking the no, question. No, I, I just want to know when. I. Just, I I'm gonna go along with y'all. Like I yeah. got. I listen. I got shirts to sell. I can't be like <laughs> killing them too much. I'm gonna go when y'all. <laughs> You got a business. I got a business to run. You know what it is. There you go. There you Speaking go. of this, G. Bush, you're giving away a couple of these. Tickets. Oh yeah, listen. See, y'all been asking for it. You wanted the Kool Aid Mafia in Browns color. Now here's what I'm gonna do. Go. This is my answer to the terrible towel. You got the Kool Aid Mafia oh, t- wow. bandana, <laughs> and, and, and you have those. And we're gonna give five of those away. You listen to the show today, 3 p.m. You get we, we we send you those out. We'll give you an opportunity uh, to win five of those. I'm give out five of those if you wow. just listen to the show. Yeah, we're ready to go. 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. By yes, the way, sir. Steve Becker, uh, uh, kudos to Steve, who usually uh, gives us uh, just a pain in the ass on text. But uh, <laughs> I, I love say you, nothing. Steve. I love I'm just Steve. looking. But he did say that Brock Purdy did run some in college. He actually had 1,100 yards in four years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, He's not, not a statue. He just why. doesn't run ever. He, here's why. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to. Their yeah. offense is two steps, get the ball out. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that he can't run. Yeah. It means that he hasn't Fair been pulled on. Fair enough. So, and if a, he had 1,100 yards in see, college. See, unlike Jay, I can admit when I'm wrong. Well, the numbers tell you you're wrong. You're factually wrong. I, and I admit it. Well, that's a great My numbers segue. tell me I'm factually right. No, no, no. I'm that's not going to start. We're not going to do it. Yeah, we're not going to go that. Because it's of, uh, involving the one and only Brock Purdy. The great. number one. The, the number Brock. One Brock. From now on on this program, he's known as the Brock. I will not call And I like him, but Can I'm not calling him the Brock. What the Brock is cooking? The next question. Oh my gosh. The person who is by himself on this fence <laughs> is not here right now. So we'll have to answer how we assume Jason would have answered. But will the Browns hold Brock Purdy to a quarterback rating under 100 on Sunday? Keep in mind he has gone over 108 Wait, of his 11 did games. Did you ask that question? And you answered yes. Oh, shit. I, I, you know what? I might have. All of my answers from here on down might be wrong then because I might have answered them out of order. You answered them all. I don't ever remember seeing that as a question. You, I mean, I'm looking at the text right now. You answered it. Okay. Okay. Well, Jason was the only one who said he will have a quarterback rating over 100. The rest of us said under 100. Well, I'll give you my two cents and then floor's yours. It's going to be crappy weather. And that's as a good defense, crappy weather, bad quarterback. Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough ask but I still think that you know I I don't remember seeing that question so that might could have been my bad all of my answers from here on out might be one question lower I might have I might have goofed them all up I'm expecting this game to be very low scoring are you yeah like under 40 because I think over, under, over, over, I think the FanDuel number one fan, sports uh fan book number one fans but I love fan in the world we love FanDuel uh 37 and a half right now wow I, I'm gonna. I'm leaning towards predicting this game to be under 30 points. Really? Yeah. God, I hope you're right. Look, I mean, obviously, the lower scoring it is, the better chance we have. Sure. So yeah. I'm. I'm. If we can keep. This I'm, under- I'm with G. I believe in the Browns' defense. I think last week was an anomaly, or the Ravens' game was an anomaly, and I think they're going to play very well. Now the Niners will score because they're really good, but right. not going to shut them out. I- but. 
And, and I just don't see how the Browns are going to do anything and, on offense without Watson. I'm with you. And, uh, Maybe their defense can score a couple yeah, of touchdowns. Yeah, that's what you got to hope for. I, I think, here's what I think you do as well. People may think I'm crazy for this. I've been looking at the tape. Hey, man, you need to go ahead and start Kareem Hunt. Go ahead and start him. Go ahead, go ahead and start him. Why? Um, because I need some be time, be, be between the tackles inside zones. And use Ford as the third down guy? Ford is the third down guy. Interesting. Um, because I need to get those hard bruised yards. What about Pierre Strong? I like Pierre Strong, too. I like to see him a lot, too. I like the Browns running in between the tackles. The outside game is not working. It's not. You, you don't have enough to get it. Run inside behind your strength in, in, in the three guys up front. And I think it's a game Kareem Hunt could get some of those tough yards in the middle. By the way, I you know the Broncos apparently going to be having a fire sale here soon. Like yeah, they're moving off of Frank, Frank Clark yesterday. this week. Yeah. And you know Jerry when did Ju- the coach and quarterback go. Yeah, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are both guys who Brown should be interested in. Man, and also Samaj P. Ryan. He had a great year for the Bengals me, last year. By the way, quietly, quiet is kept. These receivers, we just talked about it. I mean, if you haven't seen that, this is. Regular, the Browns need more receivers. Give me Sutton or Judy. I and, mean, and get P. Ryan. Go what get P. Ryan. What too. would the tag be for those for it, either of those guys? Third or fourth fours, rounder. Fours, fives. Yeah. God, you got to pay Judy. That's so, Sutton's a little more financially reasonable because Judy's gonna want a contract. But they're right. both definitely options. And next Tuesday, we have a couple trades that we are going to throw out here, yeah. including mm, a few that okay. involve. The Denver Broncos. But before we get to any of that, we got to see how this week goes. Who knows? Maybe this is the Elijah Moore breakout game or the Cedric Tillman breakout game. We're going to find out. They should play Cedric Tillman. Let's see what he's got. Let's start him. Come on. I'm ready. Put him out there. The other guys are doing nothing besides Cooper. Let's go. You know, one thing we don't see is what happens in practice. I hear you. But can he be any worse than these other guys have been? I would think not. (laughs) Some of them have barely registered on the Richter scale. DPJ is averaging 17.5 yards per game right now. So... That's our number three. All right, next up. For a second, I thought Mike said 17 and a half yards per, per reception. I did too. And I was like, I oh, that's good. I that too. I was, like, that's I was like, fantastic. Oh, wait, he said per game. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, he's got 75 oh. yards in four games. And, and how many catches per game? Uh, DPJ in four games this year has six catches, so 1.5 catches per game. Six catches through four games. Puka Nakua has like 900 He has six in every game. <laughs> more than six. More than well six. more than six. And, and our, our number two has six catches through four. They are the Guardians outfield. Over about, look, we, 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 well, no, because you got Cooper at least. We, we, we greatly, okay. yeah. we greatly exaggerated oh the skill level of these receivers. It's looking like one of the worst Besides Cooper, it's one of the worst receiver rooms in the league. It might be the worst without Cooper if you take him out. Well, well without Cooper, take, it's unquestionably take out worse. the best guy, Mike. Yeah, That's but if you fair. take him out, I, if you take everybody's best receiver out, yeah, I would bet the Browns would be 32nd. Yep. In Facts. receiving yards. Uh, they'd there's, certainly there's be in the bottom terrible. five or six. The Giants I don't, know. don't have any receivers. Giants have zero I'll receivers. I'll take Jalen Hyatt over Call up the Giants Tillman. right now. Tell me what their receiver numbers are. You and put want. ours up on the screen while they're you tell not us. They're not any good. You don't, you don't want to know, trust me. Yeah. And they are bad. <laughs> Danny yeah. Dimes got decked, what, nine or ten times against the Seahawks? Uh, 11 now sacks. he's Danny dinged. He got ten. The team got 11. The yeah. Giants' leading receiver is Darius Slayton with 162 yards okay. in five games. This is five games. Right. right. Their so he's averaged like 30-something yards a game. 
Yeah, their second leading receiver is Isaiah Hodgins with 107, <laughs> and that's it. They have two that's more than DPJ on. is averaging. He's averaging over 20 a game. I mean, is there really much of a difference there? <laughs> well, 17, 20, <laughs> well, over 21 it, yards or four yards Yeah, per we're game. arguing we over which issues. team is all-time worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, oh, let's move on God. to yeah. the next fence rider question. This one I had a little fun with. Did not expect the answers I got. Will Kareem Hunt have more rushing yards than Debo Samuel? A 4-3 split. Earl Bull and Jay are on the Kareem Hunt train. Mm-hmm. G, myself, Jason, and Ty. G's on it now because he just said he should start this game. I, I, Stefanski won't do it. He'll come out of five wide. <laughs> He's not going to do it. <laughs> he knows it's coming. First he drive. will not come out in five, five, five wide. wide. He <laughs> will not come I, out in I, five put, wide. Hey, we, need to, we didn't play a gentleman's <laughs> bet. We can bet a case of cola. Jay don't drink cola. Yeah, I'll drink whatever you want to uh, bet on I, this I, one. I, he I is not coming out in five I, wide. I guarantee PJ Walker. I'm turning the game off I, if he does. I, if PJ Walker in the first series, no matter what, he will go five wide. Well, in the maybe first if series. it's third and eighteen, and it may well be. <laughs> but that's there, still tough. You gotta have a back to block. They don't. They don't run with Sit Debo as much as they did pre McCaffrey. Well, right. They don't. No question. And three. I think three of the last four games, he's had under 10 yards rushing. Kareem Hunt has had 25 yards in two games now, so it's... Give me Kareem. It, it's who's going to get to 15 first, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, and I'm with G. I, I, I like the idea I, I will of, do it. you know, go back to this guy, and he's a hard runner. This yeah. is going to be a physical game. Yes. I want someone that's going to take the fight to them. Yes. And he's had a month. To get ready. Yes, he now. should so be in football. Do, do you know, like, you've got to use psychology. you got to listen, Kareem. We know you feel like you're a bell cow back. We feel like you're still a starter. And, and look, we're going to need you to come out here and do your thing. And you know how hard Kareem Hunt will run? He's going to play angry. He, he I'd, give him, I'd give him 20 carries if he could handle and, it. And on, on the bright well. side, we talked about this. He's handled the ball like 1,200 times in the NFL. And it's fumble. lost fumble. four fumbles. Yeah. I, I, so I mean, it, 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 listen, I, I mean, one four, fumble. I, th- I can't I, shake it up. One fumble. Shake it one up. Fumble. Let's see Tillman and Kareem Hunt in the starting lineup. Let's I, go. I, I, let's, I, go. I, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's, let's go. go. What, let's yeah, go. Let's Are you it. talking to me? Hold on. Are they talking me into some? Hold on. Bush. Hold on. Do it. Do it. Listen, are they? And this is a medium. Browns thirty-four, <laughs> Niners three. Don't, don't you dare do it to me, you like bull. You giving me? Listen, I like what you're saying right now. If you give me three more comments, mm. I might be able to pull out the red. This yeah, is, but the reality is, Harrison Bryant will yeah, get more yeah, carries yeah, than yeah. Kareem Hunt. Right, right. <laughs> He'll be doing quarterback sneaks. <laughs> green apple. We right, can dream. Question number five. We can't dream. Let's dream. Question number five: Will the Browns and 49ers combine? The two teams combine. For more touchdowns than sacks on Sunday. One of the Wait, hold on a second, there. Mike. Can I just – I'm sorry. I want to – one second, really quick. Cedric Tillman's probably been playing a lot with P.J. Walker in practice. Yeah, that's true. Yes, they might have yes. chemistry. So they, you know, yeah. they've got Go that ahead, JV Mike. chemistry. That's yeah. right. Exactly. <laughs> well, Tillman also <laughs> he was played high school football at DTR, and that didn't seem to help against Yeah, him. you're right. So. Don't Y'all missed kill up. my narrative. Yeah, don't rain on saying, our parade. listen, I am riding <laughs> and campaigning for Cedric Tillman here. All right. Will the Browns <laughs> and 49ers combine <laughs> for more total touchdowns than sacks on Sunday? One of the three out there the Browns? is hopeful. The other two is more on the defensive side. Jay, you and Tyvis. Think there'll be more touchdowns and sacks. Explain. Yeah, I think that it's going to be very difficult for us to get Brock Purdy. Um, and on the other hand, 
Uh, I'm very concerned that the Browns could give up a large number of sacks. Um, but they, but you got more touchdowns than sacks. I do, I do. Yeah. What I, the, my thinking in doing this was, they know what's coming. They're not going to go five wide. I would think the game plan is you're never going to get to the top of your drop. You're going to get it's everything's going to be one, two out. Mm-hmm. That's it. You can't expect to drop back against this team and stand there at the back of your drop and look, look for receivers. That will lead to many, 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 many sacks. So they've had two weeks to get ready for this. What does a good coach do? He looks at what the opposition does best. They get to quarterbacks. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. So everything in this game plan, when I see Kevin Stefanski for the first time, and it looks something like this, every play on this sheet better be a two-second play. Yep. And, I, and, and, and I think they're going to surprise us. Yeah. And, and hopefully in the third quarter, we're hearing the announcers saying, we haven't been calling Joe, uh, Bose's name. We haven't been calling the defensive front's names. Mm. Yeah. That's my hope. I only got two touchdowns. And a touch- man can dream. I only have two touchdowns in the game. Yeah, well, you think it's going to go under 30. So all I need is three sacks. Three sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really think. I mean, San Francisco scored six against yeah. Dallas. If you're the I hear you, but it wasn't on the road and in, in bad weather. Facts. And I, I think the Browns' defense is better than Dallas's. I, I'd defense. Re- I, I'd I think have, so. Yeah. I'd have. I'd I have, do too. I'd have all triple, around. Triple option plays. <laughs> I would, I, I, no, I'm dancing. Like, does Walker run an RPO package? I, I, I haven't seen. I don't know what he does. I'll be in. I don't know. I don't. I know he can run. Because if he can run an RPO I, I, package, we're running all kind of. Maybe reads. that's what you do. And by the way, I'm running a hey, read option quarterback draw. All because if he sure. gets hurt, I really don't care. We can go to DTR. <laughs> we all hands on deck. Right. Every, he passes out in the field. Screw him. Keep moving. Hey, come on. Come Get him on. up. <laughs> Smelling salts. You know what the fun thing about this is? Um, this game will actually be kind of fun as I as I twist my head in here and all things moving. We will be watching this game, and it'll be fun because there's no expectations. Right. Right. You're tr- that's that's true. Absolutely. We expect bad things to happen, so it could be fun. It'd be a fun. It, 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 this is the game. It's not like the Steelers where we expected them to win and they lost. Yeah, hey, three or four trick plays. If you want to run a fake punt, hey, hey, listen, this is one of them games where, where, and and this is the Mac guy talking here. If you want to go down to Ohio State or Michigan and and have a a, a upset, which here's what you got to do. You got to return something on, on special teams, either a block or they fumble a snap or you block something or you take a punt to the crib. You got to get multiple sacks on the, and pressure on the quarterback. You got to get it, some turnovers. You got maybe a pick six. You got to slow the game down. Slow too. it yeah. and then take the air out of the football. Right. You want them to be on the sideline like, dang. We can't get the ball. They've had it for nine it, minutes. I'll minutes. tell you this. At the end of the game, I know it, in general, I don't believe in moral victories and losses. Right. But at the end of the game, if the Browns play well enough that they lost a close game and we could say, you know, if Watson had played, the Browns probably would have won that game. Massive. You won't feel that bad Monday. I agree because Massive. you know why? We've we've been dealing with this loss since Sunday. Yeah, right. We, we've been, you know, like normally in the Jets game, we had 0. .4 seconds to realize that we were going to lose. Pivot. And then it's like hits you like an avalanche. Yeah, yeah. We've really, all of us have been saying they don't have much of a chance here. Right. So we've kind of already conditioned our minds to be in two and three. If, if they, they right. can make it close. If they play a hard-fought battle, the only way we'll be mad about it is if 
there was a coaching decision that, that cost let, them, that cost them the game. Win, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, or, right. Or, or, or Jed Wills gives up a sack fumble that leads to the game-winning touchdown. Like Pitt, something like that. Yeah. What do you guys, if, do you guys ahead, believe Mike. this? So I'm, I'm with Paul. Moral victories don't really exist. There's very, very rare occurrences where a moral victory exists, but I do believe in like a devastating defeat. There's levels to losses. Yes. That's exactly. what I've always said. And if this is a – if it turns out to be an ugly loss – then we come in Monday. It's DEFCON. Like, it is. Yeah. And for anybody Monday. who says that's nonsense, ask the Cowboys how they felt Monday after the 42-10. And, and look, let's just face it. If we come in here and it's a 42-10, the temperature yeah. in this room, there's going to be no air in this studio. Right. But, but if, if we lose 28-27 on a last-second touchdown by Brock Purdy, oh, you know, then we're going to say we had the best team in the NFL on the right. ropes. There's a different level to that. Even better, and I think more likely to keep it close, if they lost like 10 to 6. I'm pumped. And the defense just played their their butts off. You're right, because what that means is this defense that we thought was elite just proved it against Against one of the best offenses in the the game. I'm I'm thoroughly excited. If it's 10 to 6. Can we get Watson back? Because we can go beat Seattle with with Watson in that defense. Absolutely. That leads us right to our final fence rider question. This is a 4-3 split again, right down the middle. Will either team score a touchdown of at least 45 yards on Sunday? Tyvis, Bull, Jason, and G all said yes. A long touchdown will be scored. Myself, Earl, and Jay said not a chance. I believe in this defense. I, and I know we're not scoring a 45-yard touchdown. And, that and the 45-yard touchdown that I got is not by the offense. It is by it's, – it's either a punt or a fumble return pick or a pick six okay. of some, some magnitude. You don't and think that, the offense will produce no, a 45-yard no, no, no. touchdown? I act, as good as I think the Browns' defense is, as low a score as I think they're going to hold the Niners to, I still think they'll have one long, one long touchdown right. by McCaffrey in the game. I just believe in, this, in both yeah. defenses so much. Yeah. Typically, great defenses don't give up those long ones. We'll see. If there is one, I hope it's only one because that – Gives us yeah. more of a chance. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're going to score a forty-five-yard touchdown. What's our longest touchdown this year? I will look that up. Uh, Probably Chubb or, or Ford seventy-one-yard run. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah, right. a touchdown though. But that was the longest. Oh, yeah, right. right yeah. the, the longest line. touchdown was the forty-two-yard pass to Amari Cooper. Okay, so we don't have a forty-five-yard right. touchdown this year. I wonder if the Niners do. I'll tell you oh, right yeah. now. The Niners. Yeah, I'm sure they, they do. More than one. Uh, yes, Christian McCaffrey has a sixty-five-yard touchdown run. Okay. But their longest pass play this year, 42 yards. Just like ours. Yeah. Exactly yeah. They don't, the because they don't drop him to the back of, you know, to the top of the drop. Right. He goes a couple steps and he throws the football. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.